Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going to happen to Wilmington's West Bank? The area across the Cape Fear River from downtown Wilmington that includes both Eagles Island and Point Peter has been the subject of hot debate in recent months, with those who'd like to see substantial development of the land squaring off with those who want minimal development, if any at all. But while the West Bank has been almost entirely undeveloped for decades now, it wasn't always that way. The area has a rich history of its own that in many ways runs parallel to the history of Wilmington. This is Cape Fear Unearthed, the podcast exploring the legends, historical oddities, and landmark stories of southeastern North Carolina. I'm your host, John Staten, and I'm a reporter with the Star News here in Wilmington. We're a Gannett paper that's part of the USA Today network. To know where you're going, or where you should go, it helps to know where you've been. So on today's podcast, we're going to get into the history of Wilmington's West Bank. My guest is journalist Scott Nunn, a longtime Star News writer and now an independent journalist who has, co- who has contributed to the Wilmington Business Journal and public radio station WHQR. Scott has written extensively about this issue in recent months, and he covered local history for the Star News for many years. All right, so I am sitting here with Scott Nunn. Thank you so much, Scott, my old colleague, for coming to sit down with Kate for Unearthed and talk a little local history with us. Yeah, John, it's glad to be back at the Star News. I kind of took an early retirement a while back and <laughs> have been doing some uh, local writing as an independent journalist, but always good to, uh, you know, Star News will always be my home, like it or not. Um, but yeah, pretty cool sitting here looking on the fourth floor, uh, looking across to Eagles Island, which is our, our topic of discussion today. And I think what's interesting is although I see Eagles Island, uh, we don't, you know, it's kind of a little hidden piece of, of our history. And I, I know myself, I grew up here and kind of uh, knew a lot about the history, but never knew much about Eagles Island yeah. until the last couple of years. Yeah, and it no, came same. back roaring back into the news. Absolutely. And that's kind of why we're here is that, you know, we're t- you know the whole idea of Will there be development there? Should there be development there? Because the idea is kind of, well, we're going to go somewhere in the future. Let's take a step back and look at where we've come from in the past and what the kind of the history of that area is. Now, interestingly, people keep calling it the West Bank now because it's kind of, it's Eagle, Eagles Island is part of it. But um, tell me about, okay, what is the West Bank? Like, uh, like when we say the, the West Bank, what are we talking about? Yeah, well, it would, um, I, I think we would be talking strictly about Eagles Island for the most part, except uh, one of the projects uh, planned for that side of the river or proposed to that side of the river, and it's really the biggest one. This is the one with the several uh, yeah. multi-story towers. That is actually on Point Peter, which is technically not part of, of Eagles Island. Right. Uh, the Kafer River cuts off Eagles Island to the north, and it begins at the south where the Brunswick River and the Kafer River uh, converge there. So while technically Point Peter is not part of Eagles Island, um, it's very much on the on the table, so yeah. to speak, as, as what people are discussing, because yeah. um, it's what we see really when you're standing, say, at, um, at Riverfront 
on the riverfront uh, walk, and you're looking across at the battleship, yeah. that's Eagles Island. Right. And as you look to the right, uh, you'll see the uh, the smaller bridge that's over there. Not the Northeast River Bridge, but the, the right. little bridge kind of hidden over there. That's really the, the area uh, that, that we're talking about. Right. Uh, Point Peter is, is to the north, a little off to the right there. But Eagles Island, and it, it's about 3,000 acres yeah. of... Uh, Fairly marshy land, and a lot of uh, good uh, geographical research has been done on it. And uh, it really was developed by uh, silt deposits from yeah. from the Cape Fear River. So that yeah, because it lies between the you know in between the Brunswick and the uh, Cape yep. Fear, and then with the Northeast coming in there. So it's yeah, it's uh, it's built from uh, river sediment essentially. Yeah, it's more or less. Uh, this is this is a simplification, but it's kind of a gigantic sandbar that has <laughs> right, been there a go. long, long that time. Well, yeah, so let's well let's talk about um, that area because that area really, I mean, it kind of parallels the history of Wilmington. I mean, that obviously that area has been there since Wilmington was founded in the early 1700s, and so that kind of has a parallel history. Um, um, so going back, uh, the, first of all, we should say the, the name Eagles Island comes from the guy who originally owned that land. It was a guy named Richard Eagles. He was a British guy, came to Charleston and moved up. He was a rice planter, moved up from... I'm, I'm to Wilmington in about 1734. Yeah, and that kind of predates a few years by, um, there, there's a debate, a little bit of uh, debate about when Wilmington was incorporated, right. but it tends to be 19, um, sorry, 19, 17, around 1740s. Yeah. Uh, circa 1740 is, is a good date. So yeah, so um, so really there was development going on on Eagles Island before Wilmington yeah. was actually incorporated. Yeah. Now, there was obviously a, a, a town over here by other other right. names and people were living here. New, but, um, New Liverpool. New, and, New Liverpool. Well, yeah, well, let's talk a little bit about why, because you wrote a really good article um, that kind of breaks down, you know, people came here. Why did they, why did they, um, you know, um, develop this side yeah. more so than the other side? Yeah, I, I think when, when development was proposed over there recently, the what came to my mind is why that, you know, that side of the river, why wasn't Wilmington over there, yeah, for, right. for example? And... Uh, so the story I wrote, kind of a history overview for WHQR, um, it, uh, what I discovered in my research and what uh, uh, local historian Beverly Tetterton helped point out that it really is, it is about the geography. Um, you know, you've got a river roaring through there. Uh, it's the only river in the state that actually flows into, into the ocean. And so Wilmington, you might not... Think of Wilmington is hilly, but the bluffs that look yeah. over the Cape Fear River, it really, and you'll notice when you're on Ann Street, if you drive yeah. down toward Chandler's Wharf, it's yeah. hilly over here. Yeah, well, I think your I think your story points out, you know, we have a 35 foot riverbank here, and uh, I think across the river is about 15 foot, so yeah. that kind of uh, sealed the deal for people back then. It's like, well, we don't want to get flooded; we'll be on the on the on the 35 exactly. foot side. And another point that I had never really thought about is there was lots of fresh water o- over here. Now, see, that is something I never knew. That's fascinating. Yeah, so there's streams, and you, yeah. as you know, you walk. You know, there's all kind of streams flowing into the river. Yeah. And less so on that side. And water obviously was a big deal. You could you could dig a well over here and get fresh water. I don't think you'd have any luck getting anything but brackish and salt water if you were to drill a well that is, on that, that is, side that, of the river. That, that is fascinating. But on the other hand, what the marshy nature of that island, um, you know, Eagles Island and the West Bank meant that it was, back in the day, is good for rice cultivation. So the guys coming up from Charleston... Um, the history I'm reading says by the you know mid to late 1700s there was uh, 
extensive, you know, rice cultivation going on in Eagles Island. Absolutely. And, you know, we, what we may think of now as Orton Plantation, obviously down towards Southport, but there were plantation, rice plantations all up and down that side of, yep. of, of the Cape Fear River. Uh, and, and, and it's this perfect land f- for that with these kind of streams and, and marshes going yeah. through there. So that's that's really um, was its bread and butter in, in the early days were those rice yeah. plantations. And, yeah, there was uh, one, and the, I mean, speaking of Point Peter, there was a, a, a Mallet's rice plantation on Point Peter. And there was, um, you know, from what I'm reading, there's an extensive, you know, because there's, you know, when you're planting rice, you got to have, you know, drainage and um, all kind of, you know, ditches and, uh, little levees and all kind of stuff. So there is, it was, it was developed for that. For yeah, I think time. going back to to uh, how we describe the area that we're talking about, yeah. and for practical purpose, I think it's it's fair to say when you when you're saying Eagles Island today, you can include Point Peter yeah. in it uh, for practical, not sure. technically, but right. for practical terms. Sure. There's it's a, because it's a hard distinction yeah. um, to make. But yeah, the, the um, you know uh, the rice plantations for a long time now i've never been really clear on why the rice plantations declined yeah. although you know there's a you know a piece of our history obviously that uh you know they were built and 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 worked by slaves well and that's the thing that's another thing i read is that you know to make those plantations profitable you had to have enslaved people exactly. um, like a lot of you know not just a couple but dozens so and that's you know and you know Wrong as it was, that's expensive. So yeah, and I think, and, and I think maybe, well, then that, maybe that, this will be a good segue into maybe. I mean, and I don't know this. One reason they may have gotten away from it was, you know, the naval stores industry became very big around here. Right. Back in those days, that might have been that that might have you maybe uh, that might have been a more. Uh, Profitable business for some people to yeah, get into at that time. Naval stores is a term we don't hear thrown around much I, I, anymore. I, I, I used to always think, like when I was a kid, like naval stores, I was yeah. like, that's when you go to it's buy Navy, Navy stuff. Exactly. Whatever that is. <laughs> and, and basically what it was, it was, um, you know, we're, uh, we're the state of the, of the Lone Leaf Pine, and they're obviously everywhere around our area. And they would use basically um, the sap from, yeah. uh, they, they would actually cut into them, and sap would, would drain out, and it would be used to make pitch. And tar um, and and other products turpentine. that were used turpentine that were used for a variety of things, including making uh, wooden vessels uh, watertight. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. It was a huge business, and you know, uh, for up until 1910, Wilmington was the biggest city in, in the state, and this was really that naval yeah. stores industry was the most important industry, uh, really up until. Uh, Around the you know the uh, term of century exactly well, it went on for that long. back in uh, Wilmington, as far as that's why we were you know so valuable to the British Empire is like there's a lot of naval stores coming out of Wilmington, going all over the British Empire. Yeah, and that um that did that early um development over there did precede the the cotton industry, which would come right. along a, a little later. Um, but as, as, as things went along, uh, you know, the, there was not only um, the naval stores industry uh, was a big part of it, was, was the, the major part of it. But yeah. there, are, there are other small industries over there as well. There was some logging Ship, yeah. and then That's right. yeah, there was, yeah. some, some shipbuilding um, began. And uh, it wasn't, it was a small port area, but the yeah. big port side was, was yeah. over on this 
side of the river. Oh, it wasn't where the safe port is. It was yeah, in the right. port was in downtown. Exactly. Downtown well, no, and, and this is interesting too. You know, I'm talking about why a lot of those naval store industries were located over there instead of over here. Yeah, that's a really intriguing part of the story uh, to me because uh, why not be over here where the city is and where everyone right. is? So inconvenient to get over there. Yeah, probably. Is, yeah. I mean, there were, there yeah, there were no bridges. There were, there were, there were multiple ferries. Yeah, no bridges, uh, some really small... Not ferries like we think of today, but exactly. a little guy on a little boat. And, you know, and often, uh, yeah, very small ferries yeah. and hard to get over there. And so, but one of the main reasons they, they went over there was, was very practical. Uh, if you think about turpentine... Uh, if you've ever burned a piece of old uh, pine, it, yeah. it, we call it fat light wood yep. around here. It goes up like crazy. Yeah, so. I've got, uh, my dad has a good story about a guy. He came to one of his friends' house. He had a bunch of that fat light wood. He said, oh, I'm built a fire. So he loaded up the fireplace with fat light wood. <laughs> Not good. No. <laughs> you know? So, yes, but yes, yeah. it makes a big it hot flame. burns quickly and it burns hot. doesn't burn real long, but it burns quick and hot. Uh and it was really dangerous to have it in Wilmington, which was built of, you know, uh, there were hundreds and hundreds of wooden buildings, a wooden wharf. And there had been fires over here before. So there was some naval stores over here. Uh, but Wilmington, uh, as some of the history points out, was really known, uh, like, like I said, it's the largest city in the state. Downtown Wilmington, as it was, was known as this elegant place. Uh, sophisticated people. Right. So Eagles Island basically became our industrial zone. I like to compare it a little bit to the current day uh, 421 North Corridor. Right. Well, right. Yeah. There you go. That's interesting. And so, yeah. Not only, I mean, and not only was it their fire hazard, but it was also nasty. It puts off some pretty nasty fumes. The processing of it. Well, they would have to boil this stuff down. Yeah. If you ever like gotten any. Pine sap on you, just imagine working yeah. with a big vat of it. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. And they distilled it. It, it, yeah. was, it was actually like you would be uh, making bourbon. They had to distill yeah. it and to yeah. get it to certain purifications. So it was, it was, it was a nasty a nasty process. And so um, the, the folks in Wilmington were, I guess, happy to have it over there. It obviously contributed uh, majorly to the economy, but, yeah. uh, but it, it stayed o- o- over there. On, on that side of the river. Oh, and then you mentioned that, and then at some point in the 1800s, they, there was even a railroad. Yeah, the, the, there was. Uh, I think it was called the uh, Wilmington and Manchester Railroad uh, came and, and stopped, uh, terminated there at, at Eagles Island. Uh, and there's actually, I don't, I don't know if it's still there today, but I remember as a kid, uh, my father and my brother taking me over there and we, to where some of the remains of that old railroad terminal work. Oh. We actually found some, uh, we're probably not supposed to be over there digging, <laughs> but we found some pieces of pottery wow. and, and, and this and, and that. So yeah, there, there, there would have been a railroad coming through there. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was big business and it yeah. was really, you know, you've seen some of the old pictures and yeah. uh, there was a lot over there. You don't see much now except right. the battleship, but there was well, a lot the, over there back in the day. That is the interesting thing, yeah, because I'm reading there was, I mean, there were warehouses down there for timber. I mean, there was um, some shipping of some, you know, agricultural you know, products, food, essentially, um, was going on over there. Uh, but, yeah, no, no, you're right. And if you go to the Cape Fear Museum, has a wonderful uh, uh, feature on its site. You can go and access all their historic photos, and you can find a bunch of uh, photos of Eagles Island from circa early, ni- even even by the early 1900s. They were yeah. still doing naval stores there. There was the turpentine uh, yard there. 
Um, and you and you there's a photo there's a great photo and you look over there and there's all kinds of stuff over there yeah, docks and all kind of buildings and it wasn't like you look over there now it's just wilderness it was very yeah. even you know a hundred years ago it was plenty of stuff over there what strikes me about those photos is they, they were taking you know some of them at the turn of the century and they were really vivid detailed photos yeah. and I was also well, struck not all by some of those photos are horrible yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> okay okay but, I but some of them are but, but it's, it's are cool to good. see names yeah. of companies yeah. and, and yeah, names no, for like sure. that Absolutely. And, and faces of the people yeah. And it did strike me that you know this is uh, maybe at the uh, at the end of the uh, 1800s, so um, slavery is over. Obviously, we've got the Jim Crow South developing, but most of the people I see in that photos are African American people. Yep, all they're the not, guys working over there yeah, are black, not basically. enslaved, but they're still part, uh, you know, part a very rich part of of, of the local community and, and a part of our legacy and some history that's probably been forgotten. Well, for sure. And people wonder, you know, I used to wonder, why is that part of the Gullah Geechee, you know, mm-hmm. um, corridor? Well, the reason why is because, um, you know, enslaved black people worked on the rice plantations. Exactly. And um, even after they weren't, uh, you know, enslaved any longer, they still worked over there. Um, you know, former Central West African people, uh, you know, working for these uh, naval store businesses and, you know, the timber and, um, you know, the other um, industries over there. So it's, um, yeah, it was a there, really, there's a lot of history there. There's a sure. really, that really distinct uh, Gullah Geechee uh, culture that mm-hmm. developed. Uh, it's a very important part of, of, of our history that is probably often, yeah. often overlooked. And yeah. really, Eagles Island and Point Peter uh, were, they were very much the, yeah. the, the hub of it, that, that rice plantation area, and then later the naval store. For sure. And like, you know, and, and I don't want to, you know, understate what a, you know, that's a pretty dark part of our history as well. I mean, if you get to Point Peter, if you look into Point Peter, um, there used to be a road in, you know, in this area called, it was for 100 years, it was called Negro Head Road, except for they didn't call it Negro Head Road. And it came from, uh, you know, an incident in the early 1800s, you know, the famous Nat Turner Slave Rebellion happened in in, in Virginia, and that kind of sent shock waves throughout, you know, white people in the South worried that their slaves would revolt. Um, that resulted in some, uh, you know, pretty bad incident in here in the round in the 1830s when uh, some uh, slaves got accused of, you know, starting a rebellion. Probably was, uh, you know, false confessions tortured out of them, and you know, half a dozen guys got out decapitated, and their heads got put up on stakes in that road, which yeah. is now Point Peter. That's where it started. And actually, that road went up all the way through uh, up into Pender County. Um, and into Duplin, but um, yeah. Fortunately, we are. Uh, it was so it's a dark history. Yeah, we it is, and unfortunately, we are slowly starting to address that history. It needs to be recorded. People need to know about it. Um, I think I may have you may have said something similar to me that growing up here and attending local schools, I never heard about 1898. Yeah. Uh, much less anything going on over there. It just yeah. wasn't talked about it, but it, it is an important part of our history, yeah. and, and the Eagles and Island is, is a very important yeah. part of it. And I just wanted to mention that as, and to have that part of it and not have it be forgotten, but speaking of 1898, by the time 1898 came around, cotton was a huge thing. Yeah. Um, and cotton is really, it seems like the rise of cotton is kind of what really, um, you know, naval stores were becoming less important, even though there were, you know, uh, businesses doing that over there until the early 1900s. Cotton had really kind of wiped away a lot of the need to be over it on Eagles Island. Exactly. Right? And, and uh, one thing, you know, we, we, we overlogged. We wiped out a bunch of the lonely pine forests that cut right. back on it as, as a resource to make the naval stores. And uh, we were beginning to see um, steel-based 
ships, steamers, right. Right. Uh, which did not need so much of these of these products. And cotton being obviously a little uh, a cleaner industry. When cotton was bought was brought to Wilmington, yeah. uh, basically what was done to it here is that they used steam um, to compress it. Yeah. And Alexander Sprunt uh, owned, owned the big um, cotton press here, and you know cotton's very obviously very bulky and unwieldy. And to be able to ship it, they needed to steam it, soften it up, compress it into as small bundles as possible. Think of these like giant haystacks, for yeah. for example, and. Uh, that was fairly clean industry. And yeah, so compared to naval storage. For exactly. Sure. <laughs> and, and, and Alexander Sprunt's operation was here uh, on the northern part of, of, of downtown Wilmington, yeah. past obviously the cotton exchange. Yeah. Um, and so they, they would sell it here and, and ship it off. So naval stores is, is, de- is declining. Uh, there was a time, a period though, uh, one thing that another industry adjacent to the naval stores was. Uh, Shipbuilding and ship yeah. repair. Well, and that's one thing I did. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because if you can back up a little bit, there was, and I don't know if you already said this, there was Confederate yep. Shipyard over on um, on the West Bank. Yeah, it was um, called the Bellamy Shipyard. The, during, during, but, the I'm sorry, during, during the mid-19th century. Yeah, and, and uh, Dr. Chris Fonville, our, our, our friend and uh, professor emeritus of history at UNCW, yep. he probably knows more about local oh, history than anyone around here, especially the Civil War area, era. Uh, you know, he, he, he said that that really did in turn turn into an important part of of the Confederacy's, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Marine effort during during the Civil War. Um, and that was running at the same time as the naval stores. But slowly as cotton comes in and the war is over, there's no need. Yeah. The need for the, the shipyards and the repair yards slowly right. started to right. decline. Yeah, so that went away, and, and so then um, from one this report as the really, and you can find it very easily online. The uh, the envir- a company called Environmental Services Incorporated did a report for the New Hanover Soil and Water Converse, um, Conservation District about ten years ago that goes into a lot of the histories of uh, Eagles Island, a lot of wills, a lot of the geography, a lot of the environmental um, stuff on there. According to that, by the you know really by the um, early nineteen hundreds, you know. First of all, naval stores were all but gone, and just there was really a lot less activity on um, Eagles Island and the West yeah. Bank by the early. Uh, and you know, and I wonder too because um, they have documented that there's more days of you know, especially in recent years, there's a lot more flooding. Exactly. Than there used to be over there. I and mean, and, and uh, Doctor Fonville pointed out, and he agrees with it with that timeline is that it was really. Um, some of the shipping repair industry stayed around really up until about World War One, yeah. uh, when that there was shipbuilding industry in Wilmington. Not to be confused with the World War Two era, which was right. much bigger. But there was there were World War One shipbuilding industries, but they had all moved over to the east side right. of the river, to the Wilmington side yeah. of the river. So we're not aware. There were probably some. Um, Chris believes that there were some facilities over there that that were related, but no major shipbuilding facilities um, were, were, were on that side of the river. And I, I think Chris has a great uh, quote here for my story for WSUR. He says that at that point, Eagles Island became a cemetery for abandoned vessels. Yeah, so that's in, so that's when we're really getting into the mid, you know, early to mid twentieth century. Yeah, you know, uh, that's when it kind of stopped being, you know, a place that was really 
used. I mean, for uh, and Beverly Tedra makes some good points in that story too. Is that you know, especially about the '60s when they brought the battleship in, the early '60s, um, there was really nothing over there except abandoned stuff, abandoned docks, ruins, you know, old, yeah. you know, broken down buildings, and um, exactly. Beverly had pointed out there had been several fires over there. We yeah. talked about there, yeah. even without. Even with the naval stores on, yeah. on decline, it was still a woodsy yep. area. There was little probably access to any firefighting apparatus there. True. It's uh, filled with with hot burning pine trees. So, <laughs> right. uh, not, yeah. not, so not, were, not a, not a good place. And, and actually, Beverly has pointed out that there was a series of fires that kind of you know yeah. put the nail in the coffin, so to speak. And when and when Chris says industry over there, when Chris says is a cemetery for abandoned vessels. Uh, there, there still are remnants over there that, 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 that you can see, and unfortunately, you can't see. And, uh, I remember going over there about 30 years ago and actually could walk out on some of those vessels. These really? are all wow. tugboats. Some of them have been, a couple of them have been moved over to the, uh, to the Cape Fear Museum, but uh, there were many of these vessels over there that, 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 that were just left, and you, yeah. you could sit at Chandler's Wharf and have a drink and look across the river and, and, and see these, see some of these vessels over there and then there were there was a scattering of, of industry still there yeah. but not much now we'll point out by a, around the early uh 20th century yeah. the, that had become the uh a supply and repair yard for the corps of engineers right which was headquartered here one of the big things the corps of engineers was doing back in the day this is a whole nother podcast maybe because right, right. they were building the wall down at fort fisher that yeah. seawall yeah. that runs out there which at the time was the biggest under project the corps of engineers that ever undertaking and they were using that yard there and and it remains there remains there today, along with a couple of other uh, smaller industries yeah. that are over there, mainly marine-related. Well, and that is really interesting to talk about. I mean, the Corps of Engineers might be a kind of a good segue because they're talking about, they've been there 100 years, and now uh, I think you did a story, we've done stories about how they might be, they're cons- because of all the flooding that's happening in Eagles Island, they're considering maybe uh, relocating uh, to a different place. Yeah, um, I-, I came across that um, several months back and uh, worked, uh, you know, did some reporting for WHQR about about that, and I was just struck that that's pretty amazing. This is the the one entity in the United States that's responsible for flood uh, mitigation, <laughs> and, and they're they're being flooded on right. um, up to the point of where they told me that some days they just can't operate yeah. over there. Well, and that's what you know, and uh, and I've heard you know because I don't want people to get the idea. I don't you know the point of doing this isn't to say well there used to be industry over there. You know, in the past, um, and there's reasons why there's not industry there now. Um, now, obviously, the whole flooding component of whatever future is going to happen over there is huge. And I think it was maybe even more, certainly more acute today, it seems like. If you talk to Kim Burdett and some of the other environmental people, um, the flooding over there is certainly more acute than it was in 100 years ago and um, is not forecast to get any better yeah well, I'll, I'll give you a real world a recent real decades. world example i went over there uh four or five months ago to a press conference and this is by a group that was coming out or several groups that were coming out in opposition to some of the development proposed yeah. there and it was held aboard the battleship the battleship has taken no uh formal right, right. opposition on this but they did allow uh the ship to be used to to hold this press conference um and to get onto the battleship 
that day. I had to wade through new yeah. deep water from the oh, parking lot. Yeah. Well, now I have heard that they've had to close early because of yeah. flooding. Now, you know, and that's not to say, um, to be fair, I'm sure that things, you know, you can always build things up and make things happen. Um, you know, we're, we're human beings and we're very smart and we can figure out ways to get over there. Now, whether that um, is a good idea or not, that might be another podcast, yeah. another conversation. And that's exactly what the battleship yeah. is having to do. Was their, their, their parking lot is, is being flooded and access so they're is being up the restricted. They're yeah. undertaking a pretty major project to elevate the parking lot right. about, about three feet. And, and this flooding, uh, it comes from a couple of things. Um, if the wind blows in the right direction, right, right. The, 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 the river uh, the river's flow will reverse. It'll go upstream instead of yep. downstream. Yep. And as Kent Burdett uh, with Cape Fear River Watch pointed out, because they've dredged so much around the port uh, to get larger vessels in, the river holds more water now. So there's a lot more water in, in, in the river. So when it pushes up, you're pushing a lot more water yeah. up the river. And we're seeing these, uh, what, what's called sunny day flooding. Yeah. This is not uh, Hurricane Florence flooding. Right, right, right. We've got that. But if that was the case, then you know, we, we may be okay. Yeah. But the, you'll have a, the sunshine as bright as it's, it can because of the, um, the moon, yeah. uh, the wind. And you've got you know, pretty... Uh, You've got flooding going on there that's disrupting everybody. Yeah, yeah. That that something goes on. Well, and that's going to be, and that could, and that's why this is going to be, you know, I feel like a big story for, you know, probably years to come at this point yeah. because, um, uh, well, one point, and this is maybe backing up a little bit, but talking about why there have been talk of, you know, because they've been talking about building over there for, you know, building over there again for decades, yeah. right? But as Beverly Tenderman points out at one point, well. After the 60s, after, you know, after the Coastline Railroad left, I mean, Wilmington had a lot less people. A lot of the buildings got knocked down. There was a lot yep. more space over here. Exactly. So it made more sense. If you're building anything new, well, there's no need to go. Now, you know, Wilmington downtown is so built out it, for anything big, especially. That uh, is it's a great. Of, you know, it makes sense that people are considering, you know, yeah. going back over there. That's a great point. Uh, and... Uh, Talked to Jean Merritt, who uh, was responsible for a lot of the restoration, uh, historic reservation in downtown yeah. Wilmington, and and very much a leader of getting the uh, the Riverwalk built. Uh, and I, you know, I said, Jean, why uh, why did no one talk about Eagles Island back yeah. in the day? And did y'all think about it at all? What might be you're going to build this Riverwalk? What's going to yeah. happen to the view that you see? Yeah. And he pointed out, just like Beverly said, he said there were so many empty buildings over here. Right. And so much, you know, a land that could that buildings were you know being torn down on, that it just he said it just never crossed their mind. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> well, it would be part of it. Yeah, and this is, I mean, obviously, this is this. I feel like we could talk for hours about this because it's such a fascinating topic. And there's, I mean, I feel like we've kind of just glossed over the history yeah. to a certain extent because there, there's so much <coughs> out there that you can talk about. But um, you know, I do think that it's uh, important to kind of. As we've said already, I think we're going to be moving forward. Something's going to be happening over there, you know, probably sooner rather than later. So it's, to me, I think it's important to kind of get out there. Well, what is the history of the area? Kind of, you have to kind of the whole idea of you have to know where you've been before you know where you are going or where you should go. Exactly, and, and, and it's uh, in a sense, I'm glad that it is receiving some attention because we, yeah. we are being reminded of the important history. I was talking to uh, Commissioner County Commissioner Rob Zappel, and part of the land and. and just going back a sec uh, to the geography itself yeah. and the boundaries, uh, most of it is Brunswick County. 
That's uh, right. Yeah, part, I think, I think, I think everyone realizes that is that it yeah. is most. I think he said it's mostly Brunswick. It's almost Eagles all Island, Brunswick County. It's mostly Brunswick County. Yeah. And there, there was an area carved out around the battleship that is New Hanover County, and that was done uh, prior to when the battleship came in the early 1960s because they wanted it to be in New Hanover County technically. That's interesting. Um, and uh, interesting, probably one of the biggest stakeholders in the whole thing is the city of Wilmington. Uh, because this, it, anything that happens over there yeah. changes the view of our award-winning riverfront. Right. Uh, and the city of Wilmington has no, uh, they've got a lot of skin in the game, but they have no seat at the table, technically. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then they get, and then before we wrap up, I think you, ha- you had another really interesting, I think this was in, in the business journal, that drew a lot of parallels to uh, Savannah and some stuff that's going on down in Savannah that's very similar to the issues that we're dealing with here. Yeah, that that um, I, I started to think, it, w- would there be some examples of other riverfront cities yeah. that had, uh, especially coastal riverfront cities, yeah. that what goes on on their side of the river? I mean, you think about New York City, where yeah. you, obviously you've got development on all sides of right. rivers, but uh, you know, uh, Charleston is. Very different. It, yeah. it, it's a, it comes out on a point itself. So I thought about Savannah, and uh, man, I, I hit I, I hit the, a winner there because they have a very similar situation. Yeah. They have an island across from downtown Savannah. In their case, it's to the north of, of Savannah, the way the geography runs there. And it's... Hutchinson Hut, Yeah. And it's very much the same <coughs> same history. It was an it was industrial. It was used for naval stores. It was used oh. for uh, it was the uh, where the heavy industry was. Now they've taken a, a different tact. Uh, whereas this is Eagles Island is is Brunswick County, and uh, there are little uh, it's, it's owned by a variety of people, including yeah. the New Hampshire County Soil and Conservation Commission. Uh, the state owns a bit. The federal government owns a, Some private a, a good amount. Own. Private owners. Yeah. Well, in Savannah, they annexed the the island, so it's part of Savannah, and they're going. Um, they are really developing it now. They, yeah. Their their convention center is on their version of, huh. of Eagles That's Island, and so and, and they're really doing some major development there. So it, it, it's a little uh, a bit of a different tact than what we've done here. Uh, one quick uh, step back, because I yeah. think this is a fun part of the story. I, I'll, I'll make it uh, fast, but the people who are familiar with World War II will know that after the war ended, uh, there was a what was called a ghost fleet of, of ships. Many were Liberty ships that had yeah. actually been built in Wilmington during World War II, and there were hundreds of them lining the Brunswick River. Uh, on This would be, I guess, the West Bank of Eagles Island, yeah, on the other side, on the other side of Eagles Island. So think about uh, if you and, and you'll when you leave, cross the Cape from Memorial Bridge and head up toward Leland, you cross another river. Right. That's the Brunswick River, right. and you would have looked to your left and seen hundreds of pretty wow. 400, 500 foot ships there for a long time, and that land is still owned today by the federal government in this part of the Navy Department. Um, so there's that's, a lot. That's a whole of, fascinating yeah, story. Another piece we can do right there. Well, Scott, we we'll have to end it there because it's um, like I said, we could we could go on for yeah. a while, but it's it's just such a fascinating topic, and I'm so glad I had you to talk about it because you know so much about it, and it's just um, it's a lot of nuances here and a lot of uh, nooks and crannies 
and uh, it's just a great story, and it's gonna and the story is gonna continue happening. Yeah, for, this, uh, I, don't, I don't think for years. this is going away. There are a lot of you know, ideas, whether it's a massive commercial development or minimal commercial development, right. or um, or as some people have have looked to is uh, something that would mirror our Riverwalk, yeah. the Riverwalk over there, and like, also some park, maybe perhaps a, yeah. a park. Conservation it feels like area. almost everything is on the table at this point. So it, it's, exactly, it's, it's a kind of a, a key time in the. In the development, you know, or as you could put it, is it really a key time in the history of Eagles Island? Because it's uh, what happened is, you know, in the next few years, is it really going to determine um, what goes on there for decades to come? Yeah, it's, I think I think a, a good way to look at it would be Point Peter is where the uh, Northeast Cape River uh, can and and the um, it converges away from the Cape River. Yeah. One runs to the west, one yeah. runs to the north. And that's kind of where we're at now. We're yeah. kind of at this, this place point. where we're going to emerge either way. So, uh, yeah, well, thanks for uh, thanks for having me in yeah, and, and for keeping this really uh, nice, uh, somewhat forgotten piece of our history. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's receiving some uh, attention again. All right. All right, Scott. Thanks, man. Take care, John. And that's it for this episode of Cape Fear Unearthed and our look at the history of Eagles Island and Wilmington's West Bank. We'll be back soon with another chapter of Wilmington history. Till then, make sure you're a member of our Facebook group, where listeners can ask questions about our episodes and share their own memories of the region's history. In that group, I post extra content from each episode and links to all my coverage of local history for the Star News. You can find that group by searching Cape Fear Unearthed on Facebook. And don't forget to sign up for a Cape Fear Unearthed newsletter that goes out every Thursday. Sign up for the newsletter at starnewsonline.com slash newsletters. Cape Fear on Earth was written, edited, and hosted by yours truly, John Staten. You can find more of my work at starnewsonline.com. This podcast was made possible by listeners and readers like you. Support local journalism and Cape Fear on Earth by subscribing to the Star News today at starnewsonline.com slash subscribe. And while you're subscribing to things, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you stream this show so you never miss an episode. While you're there, leave us a review, which will help more people find Cape Fear Unearthed. Till then, get out and explore the Cape Fear region on your own. You never know what you might unearth.